Last week we spoke about what happens when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, and seemingly the Gemara Rosh Hashanah um, starts off with a understanding one way that it's really coming from Psukim, and then due to a couple of kashes, we make a U-turn and end up saying it's a Xera that uh, we're worried somebody's going to carry it for Amos and Rosh Hashanah and then brought many proofs that actually it's not a disagreement and really the psukim over there were in a smacht it was the Torah revealing to us Hashem's preferences so to speak uh, and uh, then Rava was explained to us uh, a more technical legal uh, mechanism um, or maybe something that would be relevant to all people, even the non-big uh, hachamim that are not privy to the secrets of the Torah. Now, over there, Rava says, and the same applies to Lulav and to Mikra Samagila. Now, we didn't speak about it back then, but seemingly from there would be a cash on all the proofs and all the sources, all the form that we that we mentioned uh, that really um, Rova is not coming to argue on the previous opinion and that would be because uh, the, the kasha would be Bishlam by Shofar we have an Asmachta with the, the Torah on the one hand the Torah tell, uh, refers to Rosh Hashanah as Yom Shua a day of blowing the shofar. On the other hand, the Torah refers to um, Rosh Hashanah as Shabboson Zichron Shua, uh, a day of rest, of remembering the Shua. So that was a, that was an asmachta that when it falls out of Shabbos, we don't blow the shofar. But what are we going to say for Lulav? What are we going to say for Mikra Megillah? There, uh, where Rava says, and it's the same thing, it's the same thing uh, in, in, in all three of these cases. In all three cases, we're concerned. So what are we going to say? So let's take a look. So the... Because we don't have an We don't have smart, exactly. There is no indication in the Torah not to. I mean, with the Megillah, it would be extremely hard to have an indication in the Torah, being that the Megillah... Megillah Esther. Uh, being that it's being that it's rabbinic in nature, um, and and well, that seems different though because it's not like we celebrate Purim and we don't read Megillah. We just do it. On, don't we push off Purim? Right. The same. But the point is that we're concerned for Megillah. That's why we don't read the Megillah. We do uh, we do the meal um, on uh, on Shabbos, but the but the Megillah so we don't read on Shabbos. That's the concern. Yeah. Okay, so, and by Lulu, we, we have no indication from Sukkot. Let's take a look. The Gemara in Sukkot, Mishnah Sukkot, says that the Lulu is taken six or seven days out of the week. Okay? Now, six or seven days, when is it going to be six, when is it going to be seven? So the Gemara explains that the difference is that when the first day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos, so then the Luluf pushes away the Shabbos. 
It's Madcha the Shabbos. And we take the Lulav anyway, even though it's Shabbos. So that'll, and the being seven days, we're going to take all seven days, we're going to take Lulav. Whereas, when uh, Shabbos falls out on any other day of the, of the seven days of Sukkot, so then Shabbos will be Docha the Lulav, and you will not take Lulav that day, so you're going to end up taking only six days. The Shabbos knocks out one of those Lulav days. Now the Gemara then goes on to say, okay, fine. Um, well, first of all, what's the difference between that the first day of Sukkot pushes off Shabbos, but the other days don't? And the question means in the base of Migdash, seemingly. The base of Migdash, well, where the taking of the Lulav is Midaraisa all seven days, right, David? So why uh, is it that Shabbos pushes away the other days but not the first day? So the Gemara says, because the first day, which is Daraisa in the whole world, not just in the base of Migdush, that's a very powerful, very high level taking of the Lulav that supersedes Shabbos. Whereas the other days, where you only take in the base of Migdush, you, you don't take the Lulav in... Uh, in the, in, the, in the other places, uh, so we, uh, so then the rabbi said, you know what, don't take the lulav, even in the base of English. Yeah, so, the, so it turns out, so it turns out again, that really uh, on the first day of Sukkot, if it falls out in Shabbos, we should take the Lulav. Continues the Gemara, okay, fine. So why don't we then? Says, because nowadays we're not experts in Kviya de Yarcha. We don't know how to establish the new moon properly. And therefore, um, uh, the, the way that the way that uh, Tosa says it doesn't mean that we don't we don't know at all. We we know that the Gemara basically says that we use the calendar, but nonetheless we 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 uh, were instructed by the sages to continue assuming as long as you're in Chutzlars to continue assuming that it's a sveika de yoma. We're unsure which day is the is the first day, and therefore. Uh, we treat it as a suffolk. We're not sure if it's if it's if it's the yomtov. It's not yomtov. So then, uh, the first day loses its strength. It's a, maybe maybe it's the second day. Maybe or maybe it's not, yeah. Maybe it's not yet. Uh, maybe the first day is still going to be tomorrow. So therefore, it doesn't push away Shabbos. Well, it's not enough that you and I see the moon. We need we need a uh, great Beisden uh, court, uh, Jewish court of law, to be able to accept witnesses, in cross-examine them, accept their testimony, and declare the new moon as being holy, Mekudush, you know, to, to, to declare the new month. Okay, that's why in Chutzla Arts we keep two days of uh, you know, uh, 
שני יום טובים של גוליוס. Now you're right because we have the calendar really to a certain extent we know but we still treat it uh, as if uh, we continue with the minhag treating it as if we don't know um, because any day we could lose the calendar we could be unsure and we won't know you know what uh, if there is if there would be a great uh, based in to be able to accept such testimony in Eretz Yisrael, we would not find out about it in time, so we keep two days. So that being the case, so so by us, so it doesn't push us, doesn't push away Shabbos. Ask the Gemara, okay, but what about what about at least those that do establish the new moon, or those that live in Eretz Yisrael who only keep one day? Uh, so, so the so the Gemara says no. Since we don't, they they, they don't either. Rashi says it's because of losis go to do. You shouldn't uh, uh, have different customs. These are doing this. These are doing that. It looks like there's two different Torahs happening. So, so nobody takes the lulav on the first day. Therefore, okay. So, can we apply that same logic about Sukkot to, to say to Rosh Hashanah? Just, okay. just uh, let's try to, try to stay. Okay. Um, so the um, as Dan pointed out, this is a different. This is clearly a different approach than the one that uh, that happened with Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah was just looking at the psukim right away. We saw this. You know, uh, if it falls out of Shabbos, no, it's a sh- the Torah itself refers to it as a Shabbosim Zichron Trua. Even if you're in Eretz Israel, you got the base of Migdash, everything's wonderful, you, you're establishing a new moon, everything. No. Um, whereas with Lulav, two steps. First of all, even in the times of the base of Migdash, but the weaker days of taking the Lulav. In the base of Migdash, the 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 remaining days, which are only a mitzvah in the base of Migdash and not everywhere else, would be pushed away. And then and then after the destruction of the base of Migdash and after the Jewish people were exiled, we lost the ability to sanctify the new moon. So then, uh, now, even on the first day. We don't take the lulav anywhere. So these are clearly, um, at least that second one is bidiyevet. Where, where ideally, if we were establishing the new moon, if we were living there as a soul, then we would be taking on the first day. And, but what about that first one? We have to discuss. What about the fact that they wouldn't take in the base of Migdash um, on the remaining days? Okay? Uh-huh. On Shabbos, correct. Shabbos, exactly. Shabbos falls out of the Cholamoyed uh, that, that they would not take. Uh, now, the Gemara, uh, so there's two, there's two observations over here. When the Gemara initially begins to discuss the topic, it says, it refers to the Lulav. It says, why not? Why can't we take the Lulav? It's a Tiltul Ba'alma. You just you just moving the thing around. Now that seems to be coming in direct con- contrast to the blowing of the shofar, which we said before was a chokhmah. Although it's not a malacha, 
but it is a chachma. So chachma means you are creating something. You are mold. You're, you're creating some sort of a. It takes a high skill level to be able to blow shofar, um, and and that itself is contrary to Shabbos to a certain extent. It's, it's contradictory to Shabbos to a certain extent. Whereas here you're just moving, you're just picking up a lulav and, and shaking it. Anybody can do that. Now. Rashi seems to understand that means, and therefore there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. What could be the problem? Tosis understands that that means Tiltulbama means it's muktza. But the question, of course, is a very, very tricky question. Why would it be muktza if it's a mitzvah? If it's meant to be a mitzvah, and I'm supposed to be doing it, so why would it be muktza? Muktza means that the thing, you have no, you have no business picking the thing up and moving it around today. What are you picking up for? This pen. You you don't need to pick up this pen. It's Shabbos. You can't write a Shabbos anyway. So it's Muxa. Rabbinic. Yes. True, but okay. So th- th- that's that's uh, that, that's a se- that's a separate question. It's a separate it's a separate question. Um, but 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 we're pointing out more so that w- how exactly is a muktza? It shouldn't even be muktza. Right? It should be designated for shaking for this day. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick it up. I'm gonna shake it. Where's the muktza? It's a discussion in the Polsky. Um So, but but the point is that number one, we see that lulav is a lesser opposition to Shabbos than is, than is the blowing of the shofar. Okay. And therefore, midaraisa, at least on the first day, certainly would be prepared to tolerate whatever disturbance, of course, I'm already co- referencing what we said back by the blowing of the shofar, is the blowing of the shofar is a disturbance to the tranquility of Shabbos. And the tranquility of Shabbos is so great and provides us with so much that it's not worth it. So now, the blowing of the shofar is a, again, it's not a malacha, but it is a chokhmah. And therefore, it'll take a person out of Shabbos to a certain extent, doing that. And rather than do that, if you connect deeply to Shabbos, as we spoke about a week and a half ago, then that will accomplish the job for you. Okay? So now, Lulav is not so much of a violation of Shabbos. It's a total balma. It's moving, moving something you have no business moving. You're really involved in something you shouldn't be involved in. But it's not uh, as bad. So now, uh, so this is like pretty much all the all the sforim, as, as they refer to them as Yodechem, uh, say it, that the Lulav is clearly that these three mitzvahs, Shofar, Lulav, and Megillah, are not coincidental. For example, the Ran, the Ran Estakasha in Rosh Hashanah. Why did we cancel these three mitzvahs, Shofar, Lulav, and Megillah, Kriyasa Megillah, and we, why didn't we cancel Kriya Satora? If the concern is someone's going to go and carry something out into the street because he's uh, not expert in doing what he needs to do, so a person could be unsure how to read a certain part of the Torah, he could be unsure about, about a certain letter. Is this letter kosher? Is it not kosher? 
And you have to take it to the rabbi across the street. You pick it up, you carry it. Over. Or a bris mila. The, the moil forgot his knife on Shabbos. He's going to carry his knife to the, uh, to the place of the mila. That's the kashas haram. As well as other mitzvahs that could have been canceled. So, so says the Bnei Sashar, as well as many others. No, clearly, Chazal only canceled these three mitzvahs and three, these three mitzvahs specifically because they knew that these three mitzvahs can be replaced with Shabbos. These three specifically can be replaced with Shabbos. And we'll discuss exactly why these three. But these three can be replaced with Shabbos, and therefore, depends. When it comes to shofar, it's actually ideal, it's actually preferable. The Torah actually indicates to us better to swap out the shofar for, for a more tranquil Shabbos, if you can handle it. If you're on a level that you could do that, then you could be in a state of such tranquility, that's better. That's what we discussed a week and a half ago. With the Lulav, we have no such indication. However, it takes a very high level of Shabbos observance to be able to be involved with the Lulav and still stay connected to Shabbos. And says the Avodos Yisrael, this is the Koshnitz Magid, beautiful, beautiful taicha of the words of the Gemara. That the Gemara says, that the Gemara says, the Biki Bekviya de Yarcha, that the that they that they were that they are experts in kviya de yarcha, in establishing, in fixing, in, in, in affixing the moon. Now the moon, the moon is a symbolism of always of a concept of malchus of um, the the thing that is the most trans the thing that. Um, can wax and wane, right? The thing that can be good or can fall away to the bad. The, the part that, if you want, and of course we have to talk about this because it has to do with the four species that we're going to be taking. Let's start off with this maybe. The base Yosef says that uh, the Gemara already tells us that the three species, Lul of Hadassah and Arovas, are tied together. Esrog is not. Esrog is separate. We learn from Apostle. Uh, Beis Yosef says he he had a he wasn't sure how to hold the lulav and the esrog. Do you hold them apart, lulav and, and Adas Marovas in your right hand over here on the right side, and esrog all the way on the left, or should you hold them together? And that he had a dream that where where an angel came to him and told him that anyone who keeps the Lulav and the Esrog separate is breaking off the fourth letter of Hashem's name. Hashem's name, Yud, Hey, then Vav, and, 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 and then another Hey. He's breaking off that last Hey from the first three letters of Hashem's name. And this is not, we never see this discussed, oh, you broke off the first letter from Hashem's name. That never happens. The only, the, the thing that is in a state of sometimes being detached and sometimes being attached is that fourth letter of Hashem's name. Why? Because that is the 
completion of this world. I mean, that speaks to this world down here. There's the spiritual realms up there, which are all connected. That would be symbolized by the first three letters of Hashem's name. And then there is, is this world, the physical world down here, connected in a state of connection to the spiritual realms, or is it in a state of disconnection? That's what that letter hate, and that's represented by the moon, the moon that waxes away, and sometimes it's in a state of fullness and perfection. That's called Malchus. Malchus means the, the kingship down here, right? If it's in a state of completion, perfection, that is connected upstairs, uh, and, then, and then if it's broken away, Shalom, it could be taken over by negative forces. Uh, carried off into who knows where, right? Into all sorts of nonsense. So this, so says the Kajan Samayi, that's what it means. That the first generations were Bekin, Bekvi, the Yarcha, is they were expert, they were able to establish firmly this aspect of Malchus in a state of Kedusha, a state of holiness, right? Because with the moon, when we establish it, we, we declare it to be Mukudish. The basin says, Mekudosh, Mekudosh. It is holy. Right? The moon is made holy. Well, that's when we establish it. So, when they had that spiritual power to do such a thing, then there was no concern that a person is going to get distracted and carried away from Shabbos, which is termed Yavireno Daladamas Berushos Harabim, transporting something for Amos Berushos Harabim, it's like Rishus Harabim is a place of the Yiddish word for it would be Hefker, right? Uh, uh, it's where everyone does whatever they want. There's no ambiguity. No, not ambiguity. Um, anarchy. Rishus Harabim is a term for, for for anarchy. Everyone does whatever they want, uh, which means a precursor, a throwing off of the yoke of he- heavenly kingship. Hashem is one. He's the king. That's the Rishus HaYachim, where everything is being run by one and only God. So th- this is uh, so the, the, the Rishus HaRabim means uh, it, it leaves that domain. It leaves the uh, domain of, of uh, recognizing Hashem's kingship. In other words, a person could lose sight of Shabbos. That's what it means. Means a person could lose sight of Shabbos. He get he get involved in the shaking of the lulav, which we'll talk about in a second. What that does, but and therefore view Shabbos as a whole day, as a profane day. Okay? Now, when they used to be expert in, in other words, when the earlier generations were on the higher spiritual level, when they were able to declare the holiness of the moon, so the Jewish people were in Eretz Yisrael, and we had the base Amigdish, everything was right, then we didn't have to be afraid, we could take the Lulav on Shabbos and still con- stay connected to Shabbos. However, in the state that we're today, we would lose too much, we would, we would, just like there's a, the Rava says, a, like a more practical concern, a person is actually going to take his lulav, carry it in the street, and walk around in the street. So on a more nuanced level, each Jew, there's a concern that he's going to, in his mind, he's going to lose the tranquility of Shabbos, he's going to get involved in profane matters. 
Now, what is this tiltul of the lulav? What is profane about this tiltul of the lulav, the carrying of the lulav? What is the muktza that the, that the Gemara seems to indicate of lulav? So, Svasama says that the, that the lulav, like the famous Midrash, the Midrash says that there's a, there's a court case between two people and you don't know who won until one of them comes out, comes out the tradition was that back then one of them comes out from the court and he comes out waving a palm branch and then everyone can see he's the winner he was the minatseya he won he defeated the other guy and that's too with us I mean the lulav is like a sword the lulav is a, a, a symbolizes uh, clay zine weapons of, of uh, fi- fighting against uh, negative uh, powers etc so that's a, that is something that would carry a person into more of a, during the weekday, our job in this world is to battle against the Yetzirah, is to battle against negative influences in the world. Uh, the Koshna the Magid says that this is alluded to in the Nanuyim of the Lulav. We spoke about uh, um, last night, I think it was, a couple of guys wanted to know, what are these Nanuyim that we do? What is this? shaking of the lulav that we do. And we bring it away from us, out, rattle it, and then bring it back in. So the Kajit Maggit says that when we bring it away from us, that symbolizes, so to speak, going out to war. Going out to war is, um, there's a problem. There's a, you go out to war only when there's a problem, right? And the lulav leaving you, so to speak, there's a, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect from the holiness and myself. And then to bring it back in unifies it again, right? So that's so to speak, going out to war, coming back in victorious. Going out to war, coming back in victorious. But the point is that the going out to war means there's problems in the world. Means that that it means that not everything is finished. And Shabbos is a time of calm. All your work is done. Shabbos, everything is in a state of tranquility, and. Uh, and everything is perfect. And we would... But Yom Tov has, absolutely. Yeah, that's why Yom Tov is called a regal. The, the, on Shabbos, Shema Yavirah Dalad Amos. Why? Because the Pesach says, Al Ish Mim Komo. person is not supposed to leave his place. Yeah? You stay where you are, everything's perfect, you're done. You don't need to... The, the, the Yom Tovim are called regalim. Regal, all the regal. People go up by foot. I mean, you, you're literally supposed to go. You're supposed to go. As opposed to Shabbos, you're supposed to stay. Shabbos, everything is tranquil. The Kedusha of Shabbos is Kviyah Vakaima. It's established, permanent, unwavering. It's given to us by Hashem. We don't need to do anything. So the involvement in the battle with the Lulav, once we're in our weakened state, of not being expert in kviyah diyarcha to establish the holiness of this world and connection, the, 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 the concern is too great to be carried away. We wouldn't be able to stay in the tranquility of mind of Shabbos. And rather, better leave it up for Shabbos, leave it up to Shabbos to, to take care of it. Okay? Um, Now, obviously, if first and foremost we're talking about these really, really nuanced things, and as the uh, 
as the Bnei Saskar and, and, the, and the others say, the Chazal would have never established these things if they didn't know, if they didn't know that Shabbat has the, has the power to substitute these things. Now, where did they see this? We said already. They saw that in Shofar. Shofar, the Torah indicated to us that actually Shabbos can replace Shofar. Once that was already the case, then we can like be Megalgal. Then we can say, oh, so then if we see that the Torah is happy to do that, well, then let's analyze. Let's learn about Shabbos. Let's understand what Shabbos does. And we can see what other mitzvahs are better to stay away from, certainly if you're in a weakened state like the Jewish people are in exile, right? So, and that's where Lulav comes out. And that's how Megillah, uh, creates a Megillah, you know, Megillah's Esther, as well. Um, now, sorry? It's almost counterintuitive if we're in a weakened state. We need them, we need more. No, the point is we would not be able to stay connected to the Kiddush of Shabbos. We're not expert in Kriya the Yarcha. And the Shabbos, we're going to be about to see in a minute, is more advantageous for us than the Lulav. Yeah, I mean, for what we're looking to accomplish, if we could do both, that would be better. Because remember, Lulav is not as contradictory to Shabbos as is the shofar. Because shofar is a chokhmah, lulav is a tiltul ba'alma. You're just moving something you shouldn't be, you shouldn't really be involved in, but it's not such a contradiction. So that would have been okay if we could handle it. Yeah? Now, um, says, says the Bnei Saskar, an unbelievable premise. We know the Gemara in Shabbos says that Shabbos is referred to by three names. We say all three names in Kabbalah Shabbos. It's referred to as Shabbos, as a Kala, a bride, and a Malka, a queen. Okay? Malkasa. Shabbos, Kala, Malkasa. All three terms are used. He says these three terms refer to the three powers of Shabbos. And these three powers of Shabbos are the powers of substitute instead of Shofar, Lulav, and Mikra Megillah. How so? Um, shofar, I'm, I'm going to say briefly, but I don't think I don't think we're going to have time to pro- properly go through it. Uh, anyway, it's already happened. Uh, I, I want to discuss lulav. That that'll probably take us uh, long enough. But okay, so uh, shofar, um, just. First of all, um, okay. again, I'm just going to say it. Hopefully, we can get something out of it. We discussed back during Rosh Hashanah, we discussed the concept that Hashem has two thrones from upon which He judges the Jewish people the throne of harsh judgment, and then when we blow the shofar, He stands up off of that one and He sits on the throne of mercy. He has those two thrones the Dina Kashia and Din Rachia, uh, hard judgment and Rafia, and, and, uh, and soft judgment. Um, yeah. Um, 
the, a person is made up of these two parts as well. Every person is made up of these two parts. There's the, like Adam Rishon describes Chava. When he wants to say Chava is really a part of me, right? My wife is a part of me. He, he describes her with two terms. She's my bone, she's my flesh. So bone and flesh. Bones are hard, flesh is soft. So that's the, corresponds to the harsh judgment and the soft judgment. Okay? And then finally, uh, Yaakovina has two wives, Leah and Rachel, which represent those two as well. Uh, Leah represents the harsh judgment and Rachel represents the soft judgment. So, says the Bnei Saskar, these uh, are just incredible remosum that you couldn't make up. Gematria of Shabbos is 702. That is also the Gematria of Etzem and Basar, meaning flesh and, 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 and bone. The hard and the soft is a Gematria of Shabbos. That's, that's the shofar is rectifying those two, the hard and the soft. And Kasha and Rafia, hard and soft, also Gematria 702. Shabbos. So the point is the rectification of these two things, which is done with the shofar, is the gematria of Shabbos. Okay? Um, what? Those are represented by Rachel and Leah. No, no, no. Um, okay, the, now, now for the lulav. The lulav, which maybe hopefully we'll get to discuss, maybe we'll have a, a separate shear on the arba minim, what each one of the species represents. But, but already during the shear when we were selecting lulavim, I told you guys that the lulav represents the spine. The spine of a person, and the whole point of the spine is to do what? Is to carry information from the brain down, all the way down, now sometimes it's, it's to do actions with your hands or perhaps or with your legs um, but uh, ultimately the most down that you can bring it is uh, out into the Yisod, into the Makam Habris, the, 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 the place where, where one uh, gives, birth to, you know, gives birth to a child and uh, gives over uh, to, to the next generation. Okay, that's called Yisod. So that's, that's the, that's the lulav corresponds to the yisod, the, the bringing out tzaddik, yisod, olam. That's, the lulav is the tzaddik, it's perfectly straight. Tzaddik, tzaddik is straight. It's not, you know, all twisty and curvy, straight. Perfectly righteous. Yeah? That's the tzaddik, yisod, olam. Now, the tzaddik, the tzaddik, um, his job is to bring out everything that's good, everything that's up in the mind, up in Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef HaTzadik was Shomer the Bris. He guarded the, 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 the covenant of the, uh, of the circumcision, right? With the Asius Potiphar. And how did he do that? Anybody remember? How did he manage to get away from Asius Potiphar? Exactly. Which means he was true to the to the to the chokma, to the wisdom up in the brain. Yosef, which is the the tzaddik, the sold olam, was true to the abstract, to the spiritual high level of his father Yaakov, and was shomer the bris, right? So now, so now we have 
So now, uh, so th there's the job of the Tzai is to bring down all the good, call, to bring down the call, it's a cold word in the Svarma Kadoshim for the, for the Tzadik, for the Yisod, is call, all, and he brings out and gives over to that final hay. Remember we said there was the three with the final hay? And that final hay, when she receives from him, is called his kala. Kala is kol with a hay, kala, which is bride. So that's the other name for Shabbos, is the bride. Why is, why is it the bride? It has to allude to the job of what the Yisod, of what the Lulav does, of taking the Chochmah of Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, we're talking about the high-level Chochmah, the judgment, the, the harsh judgment, and the soft judgment, and the, and the, the, the blowing the shofar is, the, is, the, is a Chochmah. It's all up here, really high up. Then the job of the Lulav is to bring that out. That's, Shabbos, that's the second name of Shabbos. So first name of Shabbos is Shabbos, that corresponds to Shofar. Second name of Shabbos is Kala, that corresponds to the Luluf. And finally, Malkasa, you don't have to be a rocket scientist or the Bnei Saskar to line up the Megillus Esther with Malkasa, the queen, right? With Megillus Esther, with the queen, he does throw out some incredible Ramazim and Gematrius and the shame Adnus and the... And, uh, and the days on which you can read the Megillah, but I'm not going to go there just because it's like, A, very obvious, and B, we're not really involved in that. But in other words, these three mitzvahs, three, these three aspects of Shabbos are the wisdom up here, the expression of the wisdom or the bringing down of the wisdom, and then the integration or the fulfillment of that wisdom down here in a righteous queen. Okay, so, the, the, so these are so that's the three mitzvahs that are replaced with the three aspects of Shabbos: Shabbos, Kala, Malkasa. Continuing. Bring it down, and then the the destruction of Amalek down here, the killing of Haman, destruction of Amalek by the righteous queen down here. Is, uh, is is the Mikrasa Megillah. Okay? Malchus. Okay? That's right, because from us. It's from us. It's from down here. That's why, because from down here. We made it. Manifestation. Manifestation, yep. Okay, continuing. Listen to this, listen to this. Now, says the Blaise let's put it back into some psukim. Says the Pasuk, Vayavo Yaakov Sholem Yirshchem. And Yaakov came wholesome to the city of Shechem. After his encounter with Esav, which we know already in the Midrash, so that the, Yaakov's encounter with Esav corresponds to Yom Kippur. Uh, we've spoken about it in previous years, not going to have time to get into that right now. Shema Echpor From the language of, of uh, Kippur, Yom Kippur. I'll wipe, I'll, I'll wipe his face. I'll, 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 get, I'll, get, I'll get clean from the mincha that he sends to, to Asaph, to the Azazel, like we sent the goat to Azazel. We can't go into it right now, but that's, that corresponds to Yom Kippur. So after that, he comes to Shechem Shalim. That's the Pasuk. Says the Bnei Saskar, Vayavo Yaakov, who's Yaakov? It's the Jewish people. 
That's Poshim. Yaakov, our father, that corresponds to the Jewish people. Jewish people come. Shalem. What's Shalem? Shalem is Roshet Tevis, Shofar, Lulav, Megillah. Okay, so he comes. He's Shalem. You have those three, you're good. If you have Shofar, Lulav, Megillah, you're Shalem. Now, but what happens if sometimes maybe you're not going to be able to do it? So you know what you need to do? Ear, Shem. Ear is from a language of air, his orus, arouse. What do you need to arouse? The Shabbos. Shem is Shabbos, Kala, Malkasa. Shem is Shabbos, Kala, Malkasa. So, Shabbos. So, oh, Shabbos. So, in other words, if you, that Sholem can be found if you arouse the Shabbos properly, you can discover in Shabbos, Shabbos Kalamalkasa, which will replace for you the Sholem of Shofar, Lulav, and Megillah. Another, uh, another Remus, the Pasuk in Yeshaya, famous Pasuk, we say it all the time about how important it is not only to not do Malachas on Shabbos, but to walk in a tranquil way in Shabbos. Im tashiv mishabbas raglecha. If you'll, you'll hold, withhold your foot um, on Shabbos. And the Pazit goes on to say, v'karasel Shabbos onig. You'll call Shabbos an onig. So listen to this. What does it mean, im tashiv mishabbas raglecha? It means if you won't go out, says me, says a remez to, not to go out to the Shusarabim, not to carry something out of the Shusarabim for Amos. Yeah, if you'll be extra careful not to do that, you're gonna get, you're gonna make from Shabbos an Onig. Onig, this is already a Midrash. Onig is Rosha Tevis. It's not him. This is a Midrash. Onig is Rosha Tevis, Aden, Nahar, Gan. Like the Pasuk says, Vayotza. Mi'eden, Nahar, Lahashkosasagan. So a river issued forth from Eden to water the garden. We have the Eden up here. Eden means pleasure. A river flowing from that place to water the garden down here, down on the bottom. Sounds familiar? Pleasure up there, water a river, watering a garden. Listen to this. Okay? So Eden. Says the Midrash is a Bechina of Bina, the realm of thought. That's of course Rosh Hashanah. Mm-hmm. Nahar is flowing down as the Yisod going straight down, and the Gan is uh, is the fruits down here. Uh, you know the the manifestation. What happens when you water this world down here? And says the Bnei Saskar, this corresponds to the three meals of Shabbos. We have three meals on Shabbos. We call Shabbos three names. Shabbos, Kala, Malkasa. We have three meals on Shabbos. Nighttime uh, is those that say the Askinu uh, Sudasa. They know that the nighttime is referred to as Chakal Tapuchin. You guys know this. Askinu Sudasa for all three meals, not just for Sugishlishis. That they are all composed. They are self composed. Naskinu Sudasa for the three meals of Shabbos. Okay? One of the few things we actually have from his 
that he himself wrote. Most things we have is from Rav Chaim Vital or other students. This he himself wrote, and the, that's the Chakal Tapuchin, the garden, the, the, the orchard of apples. That's, that's the garden. So nighttime is always the Malchus, it's always down here. Nighttime is the lowest. From the Shabbos, t- three meals, nighttime is, is the lowest one, down here. Okay? Then, Shabbos day, what do we do before we have our Shabbos day Suda, Daniel Gordon? Yeah, what's it called? What's that Kiddush called? Kiddusha Rabbah. Why is it called Kiddusha Rabbah? Isn't the one by the nighttime in the Raisa? Why should this one be called Kiddusha Rabbah? What does the Ramban say? The Ramban says that, yeah, it's a secret to those that know that it's called Kiddusha Rabbah because it's an extraordinarily high level of Kiddusha that's happening at that time. Yeah, it's called Kiddusha Rabbah, the big holiness. Okay? That corresponds. That's the, that great holiness corresponds to Rosh Hashanah, to Chochmah, to Aden, to all those really, really high things. Okay? And what about the third meal? What does that correspond to? The Zer Antin, the constricted, the constriction of that Kedusha. Shabbos is already starting to, it's getting dark, we can feel Shabbos going out, things are constricted, and, we, and we're packaging and trying to bring out and bring down that holiness that we've managed to build up over Shabbos out into the upcoming week. That's, that's the job of Sudish Lishes. It's called Zer Anpin in the uh, in, uh, language of Askidu Sudasa. Zer means small, the small face, the constricted face. That's the, 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 you got a big brain up here, right? Nice, big, round, some of us really big. Right? What size hat do you wear? 59. 59, it's pretty big, right? Big head over here. And then we have a thin, and then we have a thin spine over here, right? Going out, bringing, expressing out. That's a constriction. And then obviously then, then afterwards we have the, the orchard that's, that's, being, that's being watered, that's being cared for. That's the three meals of Shabbos. So if we connect to those meals of Shabbos, and I would recommend that this particular Shabbos should be an extra emphasis on which one of the three meals. Pop quiz, if you guys have been paying attention this whole time, if you've been able to keep track. Shashu Dashenis. What? Yes. That's right. The third meal, right? Being that right now we're, we're going to be in Sukkot. Yeah, we're going to be losing out on Lulav. So remember, the nighttime meal, that's going to correspond to Kriyas Hamagila. The morning meal is going to correspond to the Shofar. So when Roshana fell out on Shabbos, we should have had an extra emphasis on the, on the second meal, on the, on, the, on the Shabbos morning meal. Yeah? And this coming Shabbos, Baruch Hashem, Sukkot, try to be in an extra strait of tranquility and holiness as to the Shlishes, and Baruch Hashem, with that, we will replay whatever we could have possibly been Marviach with the Lulav, we will be Marviach more with the tranquility of Shabbos.